The Albanese government is set to have a major overhaul of the Navy's combat fleet. It was announced on Tuesday that the Navy will double the existing number of warships, but also acquire six new, large, optionally crewed surface vessels that can be operated remotely during wartime. As this is reportedly costing $65 billion, in a cost-of-living crisis, what does this mean for ordinary Australians, and is it necessary? James Montemayor has the story. Do we have enough warships? Isn't a question you necessarily think about when it comes to living in Australia, but with the recent flare-ups in the Middle East, the Taiwan Strait and the South China Sea has gotten decision-makers in Canberra very nervous. With the announcement of doubling the naval fleet by the Albanese government, I asked people on the streets of Sydney on what they think of national defence and does not matter to how we vote? Do you think about national defence as an election promise? I mean, I worry about the amount of money they're spending on national defence. Yeah, I was following when they uh, pledged to spend like half a trillion dollars nearly on nuclear-powered submarines last year. Do you think national defence is important to think about when it comes to elections and voting? I would say so. Um, And why is that? uh, I feel like... It's, it's important to kind of just, like, think about, like, I guess the direction that the, the, uh, like the country's, like, heading. Do you think about national defence when it comes to elections? Um, no. I don't... Um, I haven't really done a lot of research before voting. I go based off what people around me are voting. But we might have to start doing our research as there may be wider implications to defence spending other than making our leaders a bit nervous. Professor of Human Development and Security Peter Layton said the increase in spending comes from the fact that times have changed. But in the last few years they've realised that the future may not be like the past and they need to be, and they, and they need to be thinking about what might happen in the future rather than sort of historically. So people have woken up, or the, the or governments around the world have woken up. Um, it was particularly caused by the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. And of course, that's been doubled down or multiplied uh, by the war, the war in Gaza, uh, now by the Houthis. And as you say, uh, China's still causing a lot of tension in Northeast Asia and the South China Sea as well. So there's a whole lot of compounding factors there that have gradually convinced people that the next 20 years may not be like the last 20 years. And the next 20 years could be quite violent and not as peaceful as the last 20 years. Tech moves very fast. Will, by the time we get them, will they be up to date? Uh, It's an excellent question. And uh, to be honest, no one's particularly sure. uh, Because uh, obviously, say, China is is obviously a vast country. It has enormous uh, resources in money and in people. So they're building large numbers of, of, a, of a very good military, military hardware. A small country like Australia can't, can't compete with that, really. So, so the government's making an assumption that, we, that we'll have a collective defence. That is, um, the various de, 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 democracies of our region will all get together and collectively we'll be able to defend ourselves. Um, and it's not so much defend ourselves, but deter conflict starting so that we'll be strong enough so that no one will in fact, will in fact start a year conflict. We are living in a cost of living crisis. Do we need more warships? Yeah, it's a complicated one. This one, there's, a lot of big, there's been a lot of discussion about this for generations. The, the military is not a productive organisation in that civilian sense. And by taking people away who joined the, 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 the military... Um, that's taking people away from the productive side of the of the of the economy as well. 
so that that's the sort of that's the sort of downside of it um and and in australia the the defense force consumes about nine percent of the federal budget so it's 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 uh, quite a significant amount on the other hand and in fact going back to our discussion there about the naval shipbuilding the government feels that with the naval shipbuilding and announcing this uh, we've spent a large proportion of money in australia and so produce they say about four thousand direct jobs probably about twenty thousand indirect jobs out of that so it's an employment generation if you like um, and the argument for that is also that this is not just jobs if you like that are that, are, that are unskilled jobs most of these are very skilled jobs looking at the world and where it's heading how should ordinary aussies analyze security concerns so there's not much between the two parties when we when we look take a look at the look at the big picture um, um Perhaps one of one of one of one of one of the important things is that uh, what parties or what organisations can can uh, keep Australia as a cohesive country. Now, you know, a classic example, of course, is the Americans that are enormously polarised and have and have a bunch of problems there. But certainly, uh, the, just uh, certainly for the five years before the Russians attacked the Ukraine, they put a lot of effort into dis- into disinformation to try and fragment the uh, Ukraine into various feuding social groups. And a country that is that is divided will, will naturally have have the trouble fighting a war. Dr. Peter Layton, Professor of Development and Human Security from Griffith University, ending that report from James Montemayor. 